Welcome to the Victory Through Training podcast presented by the Combined Arms Center Training at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Views expressed here are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the views of the Combined Arms Center, the U.S. Army, or the U.S. government. When asked what CAT-T does for the Army, I often say that our mission here basically comes down to one important task, keeping soldiers alive. Now that may sound extremely simplified, but really what we do is make sure that soldiers are trained and prepared to go to war, doing everything we can to make sure the training is as realistic as possible so they can fight and win. An essential part of that realistic training is the OP4 or opposing force. During training, the OP4 represents the enemy forces. Whether we are talking about the OP4 as a limited size group used at home station during a field training exercise or any of the world-class OP4s at the combat training centers or CTCs, the ability of the OP4 to represent a realistic opposing force is key. The Tradoc Proponent Office Opposing Forces, or TPO OP4 for short, under CAC-T, is the centralized manager for OP4 capability development. They are the user representative for OP4 training aids, devices, simulators, and simulations capabilities solutions. They work to help establish realistic operation conditions at home station, centers of excellence, and the CTCs. TPO OP4 is focused on replicating a realistic OP4, and a big part of that right now is CTC modernization. At the end of March, the Army released an information paper on multi-domain transformation called Army Multi-Domain Transformation, Ready to Win in Competition and Conflict. The paper outlined how and why the Army plans to transform into a multi-domain capable force, able to dominate adversaries in sustained large-scale combat operations by 2035. The paper highlighted the six Army modernization priorities that the Army has been working on since the publication of the Army Strategy in 2018 and Army Modernization Strategy in 2019. They include long-range precision fires, next-generation combat vehicles, future vertical lift, network, air and missile defense, and soldier lethality. According to the Army Modernization Strategy, the primary goal is a modernized Army capable of conducting multi-domain operations, or MDO, as part of an integrated joint force in a single theater by 2028 and ready to conduct MDO across an array of scenarios in multiple theaters by 2035. The MDO concept describes how the Army will support the joint force in the integration of all domains of warfare, land, sea, air, space, and cyberspace. So TPO Op 4 is a part of the modernization that is being driven by the move to MDO. Op 4 has a vital role in training at the CTCs and their replication of peer threat capabilities are vitally important to military readiness. I'm Tisha Swart Intwisel, the CACT Public Affairs Specialist and your host for today's podcast. With me today from the TRADOC Proponent Office Opposing Forces is Mr. Robert Muncie, Deputy, and Major Jason Wolf, Maneuver Branch Chief. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Thank you both for being here today. 
Well, thank you very much for having us. We really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk about the different programs. Thank you very much. Absolutely. For this episode, episode one, we will be talking to Mr. Muncie and Major Wolf about CTC modernization. So first, I want to start with the TPO Op4 elevator pitch. What does the organization do and why is it important? Well, what the organization uh, performs the United States Army is basically giving capabilities uh, to the opposing forces and not so much to make the opposing forces better, but to enable the rotational training unit to meet its training objectives at the CTCs and home station. Yeah, we, we focus on building warfighter readiness uh, while bridging, uh, bridging the gap between uh, uh, to training modernization. And we do that through leader directives and increasing combat training center excellence. Uh, we also do that through combat training center modernization uh, as well as uh, opposing forces replication. All right. So modernization. I mean, you've already said the word, I think, twice. Um, it's clear that the Army is currently focus, focusing on modernization efforts. Can you tell me how this affects training and what Op4 is doing? Well, as the Army uh, modernizes its forces and then uh, prepares to employ uh, those forces and those capabilities, such as long-range precision fires and next-generation combat vehicles and new vertical lift uh, uh, capabilities, it's, it's very important uh, that the uh, opposing forces uh, enable and help uh, the CTCs model a realistic near-peer threat uh, uh, capability. Uh, so the rotational training units, uh, as Mr. Muncie has said earlier, can achieve their training objectives. Okay. Vertical lift. Can you explain that real quick? Future vertical lift is not our program or record. Right. But what we have to do for the United States Army is provide that uh, threat perspective and threat capabilities to challenge current and future vertical lift. So that is the uh, aviation capability, the helicopters that the Army will get in the future or will look to acquire in the future. So from our perspective, we've got to provide that training force the ability to challenge uh, those forces so that they know how to properly employ that future vertical lift. Okay. I think anybody that's paying attention to um, what is happening in the in the Army right now is um, one of the things that is coming up a lot is multi-domain operations. So can you tell me how modernization relates to that? Yeah, so... Uh, what we're trying to do is is modernize the the CTCs uh, to enable uh, or with capabilities to enable the uh, training unit uh, commanders to meet their objectives. But the Army itself is 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 striving to be uh, MDO ready uh, in a few short years, and with that, uh, they've got to be able to you know as part of that, they got to be able to. Uh, uh, be capable of, of competing against and, uh, and uh, defeating in an armed conflict uh, a, a near-peer threat that can exercise many of the, the characteristics and fight in the different domains uh, as we are uh, striving to be uh, you know, uh, efficient in, uh, going forward. Would you like to elaborate on that, Mr. Muncie? So while we're doing the coin fight, uh, our uh, near-peer uh, uh, adversaries have looked at what we can and cannot do. And so 
they have looked at and uh, invested in areas and one a couple of those domains to challenge us or being able to challenge us so the army uh, uh, to try to prevent us from meeting our objectives so that's why it's important to have the army to be able to operate in all five different domains of multi-domain operations can you tell me what those five domains are it's air sea land uh, space and cyberspace so in those domains, what are the peer threat capabilities and why is it so important to recreate them at the CTCs? So the peer threat capabilities, uh, we'll use, uh, for example, cyberspace. Mm-hmm. So at the CTCs, at the maneuver CTCs or DIRT CTCs, that's primarily with the electromagnetic spectrum so that the peer threats would have capabilities that be able to detect where our forces are at and then be able to uh, prosecute them uh, through electronic means, uh, usually with electronic warfare jamming through different communication systems, or to be able to jam and prevent us from using our GPS devices. And so basically, uh, you've probably heard a lot of commanders say, we gotta get back to basics of using a map and compass. And this is one of the reasons why is our adversaries actually have their own version of GPS so that they can literally jam our GPS signals and still operate with their own GPS networks. Do you have anything to add? No, no, that's, uh, that's a great example. You know, we, you know, we tried to endeavor the, uh, the CTCs and the op, op four organizations at each of the CTCs to be able to adequately replicate uh, the near peer threat as it is now and to look forward in the future as, as they enhance their formations. Uh, we have to be able to be flexible and agile enough to go ahead and, and, and set conditions and, and enable the, the OP4s to, to progress along with the threat. Um, and that only, it, it goes back to what we said in the beginning, it, it only uh, helps uh, us build warfighter readiness. You know, as the training units go to these CTCs, and if they're able to, uh, to compete in, in, uh, in, uh, against a, a, a logical near-peer threat, something that is absolutely replicated, uh, along different warfighting functions that only makes the, the force better. Can you explain, talk about the importance of replicating threat formation during training as opposed to just the systems? Well, uh, it, yeah. So it goes back to, um, to what I uh, just uh, concluded about. Uh, if we're able to replicate... Um, different types of vehicles and different vehicle ca- uh, capabilities or ca- uh, vehicles with different capabilities. Um, it, it forces the staffs at the, uh, the brigade commander staffs or battalion commander staffs to utilize all their assets uh, to be able to adequately and effectively and hopefully accurately be able to determine where the enemy is in time. And it, it helps with the assessments as they push back up the information to the commanders. Um, it just brings a, a real level of realism um, that that in some cases is there, in some cases it, it is not there. Um, but it helps the staffs out, and it uh, it just makes the force or the rotational unit a a, a better element and, and entity uh, when it's all said and done. So we have talked a lot about CTC modernization. But what are we doing to help units train at home station and prepare for that CTC rotation? 
I, I mean, when we talk about TPO Op 4, we are definitely focused on the CTCs, but we are always keeping in mind that we want to support Home Station. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? So that, those are great points. Uh, some of the stuff we're looking at for Home Station is what can we do to push that congested and contested electromagnetic uh, environment to home stations so that they can have those initial building blocks so before they go to a maneuver combat training center. Uh, one of the things that uh, the Army is actively pursuing is what capabilities can we get very quickly to a location at a home station so we can assess those capabilities and then uh, implement those same style of capabilities or maybe something a little bit different at the different CTCs. So we're looking at uh, Joint Base Lewis-McChord, JBLM, uh, where uh, a, a unit is at, uh, and they're very proactive. And so uh, we're looking at different capabilities that we can pull out of the test and evaluation community to pre-position at uh, JBLM to see if those uh, systems can be used at training. So while the units, the battalions, are going through uh, different sets of training or, or um, training their companies. In the old days, we used to put units in that fourth iteration in full mop gear, and they had to execute that same tactical task in full mop while we're throwing CS. Nowadays, the uh, training command, those commanders would be uh, putting those units instead of mop four or with mop four, also in a congested, contested EMS environment. We're also looking at uh, with uh, D3SOE, with our partners at Space Missile Defense Command, SMDC, putting devices and training the space operation officers on how to utilize devices, but more importantly, how to get those authorizations so that they can utilize those devices that would uh, basically create a small little bubble at that home station. What a lot of people don't understand is that to get authorizations, they actually have to go through several levels and to include the FAA and FCC. So it's not as easy as training on a device that disrupts all the GPSs. There's a lot of authorities uh, that we have to go through uh, from the Army Spectrum, uh, through their command to the Army Spectrum Management Office and up to notify the FAA so that aircraft is not, uh, um, not impeded on uh, flying or the FCC, so we're not blocking uh, important communication signals. But there's efforts ongoing right now to push systems out uh, to those locations. We'll do an assessment over the uh, next uh, FY22 to see if those systems are applicable or can we get something that is a uh, lower cost and soldier-enabled, because we're always looking at things that are soldier-enabled. Can you talk about any other um, challenges that you might have going forward? One of the challenges is with uh, a, a threat uh, integrated air defense or threat IAT. So we came up with something that's sort of like miles for the aircraft at the CTCs. Uh, we're going through the process now of getting some of that capability to the CTCs, but we're looking at the next step is what can we do for home station for that a like capability? It doesn't have to be the uh, full meal deal, but it has to be some capability so those combated aviation brigade and their elements can train at home stations so they get some training in the live environment prior to going to the CTCs. How about some wins? Um, any recent wins or wins that you think are coming up real soon? 
I mean, there's always challenges, but it'd be nice to <laughs> be nice to have a win. So recently, uh, the CSA, the former CSA, General Milley, uh, in January of 2019 said, by May, I want to see a UAV swarm at one of the CTCs. So we worked with the Threat System Management Office, and by May, uh, we got a UAV swarm out at NTC. Um, a lot of people asked us, why are you putting out UAV swarms at the CTCs? Part of it is to um, show the capability uh, so that uh, it is an actual capability that the threat has. Um, some of the uh, uh, units have asked us, well, can we interact with it? Um, and uh, can we don't have a system to actually engage it. And so the Army is making systems to actually engage it. We have to have that capability out there to introduce that complexity uh, to the brigade commander and his staff so that they can take certain actions. They do get credit for taking those actions. One of the things we just got completed uh, working with our brothers and sisters at PEO Stry is to make a micro UAS and CTCIS system that the uh, Joint National Training Capability provided the funding for. So since 2019, the first thing the units identified after we got it out there is, hey, we can't shoot at this with our miles. So we went back. Uh, the Joint National Training uh, um, Community was very, uh, um, uh, saw, recognized the uh, problem, provided the uh, funding. Uh, the Threat System Management Office worked with the uh, um, the program manager for um, uh, CTCIS and uh, provided a capability. So they just tested it. It was a successful test. Uh, the miles was shot. The, uh, the threat uh, UAS system uh, blinked the lights to show that it could be get a near miss or a hit. That's being implemented in the next generation of uh, threat UAS systems. So by next, hopefully, knock on wood, that this system uh, will be uh, fielded to the uh, CTCs in the near future. Nice. Um, a lot of this sounds, the UAV swarm, some of the other things, sounds very futuristic. Um, would you have thought, I don't know, 20 years ago that, that this would be something you'd be working on? Not not me. No, I'm a, I'm a, a, a tanker and... Uh, I, I guess my mind doesn't doesn't work like that, but uh, it's uh, from my perspective in working at TPO Op Four, it's been it's been awesome to be you know near uh, those uh, the leads of these programs as they've they've uh, they've moved the ball down the uh, down the road, if you will. And I've I've actually learned a lot from my from my position. So, so I would have never thought that in 1985, uh, when I was at NTC as a young tanker. Uh, that I would be in a position to uh, provide a capability to the CTC. So it's pretty impressive. Awesome. Well, I want to uh, I want to thank you both for joining me in the studio, for talking about um, CTC modernization. I think it's on a lot of people's minds. Um, I just want to remind everybody that it was uh, Major Jason Wolf and uh, Mr. Robert Muncy from TPO Op 4 who are with us today. Thank you both for being here. And that does it for this episode of the Victory Through Training podcast. Please stay tuned for future podcasts and definitely reach out to us. If you have questions or suggestions for future podcasts, we are on Facebook and Twitter at 
USACAC training. Thank you. You have been listening to the Victory Through Training podcast produced by the Combined Arms Center Training at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Views expressed here are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the views of the Combined Arms Center, U.S. Army, or the U.S. government.